Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. hip 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 powder donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. hip 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 powder donut <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Montana rolling out the right, looking toward the end zone, throwing under pressure, throws his pass. Caught by Clark! Clark out of touchdown! Troy Clark has it! It's a touchdown for the 49ers! You're now listening to the 4th and Gold Podcast with Javi and Matt. Welcome to the 4th and Gold Podcast. We are back. The 49ers and the Seahawks are week 17, 12-3 versus 11-4. It was inevitable. It was bound to happen. The division up for grabs. Number one seed up for grabs. Uh, Matt, how are you feeling? Man, this is an exciting one, right? This this has been nervous. It's, it's the biggest. It's the biggest game of the year. They waited till the last week of the year. Uh, the NFL has to just be like patting themselves on the back for scheduling this game, week seventeen. <laughs> I don't think they knew what they were getting into when I catch schedule came out in what May. Um, yeah. But to, but to help us break it down, we're bringing back our man from NBC Sports Northwest, Trader Joe. Joe fan, how you doing, brother? <laughs> hey, fellas, what's going on? Appreciate you having me back. Not a problem. Thanks for joining us again. This is the 4th and Gold Podcast. I'm Javi. That is Matt. Cats Podcast on all platforms, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you catch those podcasts. Uh, man, you know what? No more messing around. Let's just get right to it. Who's playing for the Seahawks to th- this weekend? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about Jadavian Clowney. Correct. Griffin. Both those guys should be good to go, which is great news. Um, I think the, the biggest issue is what are you getting of Jadavian Clowney? I mean, he's probably not going to be the same guy who played in week, week 10 and really dominated that game. The only reason why Seattle won that game was because of him, and he was fantastic. What, 11 pressures all by himself, uh, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, he had the touchdown that really brought Seattle back to life when they were down 10 nothing and couldn't get anything going offensively. And so, you know, he suffered that core injury he's been dealing with in that game. And so he's been in and out of the lineup. He's missed the last two weeks. He does feel like he's feeling a little bit better. And so his biggest focus is just worrying about this game and then, He'll worry about the playoffs when that, you know, comes to be. First thing first, you got to get through this game and try to win uh, a division championship, given the stakes in this game in Week 17. Shaq Griffin uh, also practicing, uh, albeit limitedly, but at least it's a step forward. His hamstring 
um, seems to be uh, progressing uh, positively, and he'll be back in the lineup. The big thing that's you know going to be missing is you missing Dwayne Brown, who uh, is out with they just had some knee surgery. You're expecting him out at least three weeks, um, which is huge. And you saw Chandler Jones really wreck that game last Sunday, dominating uh, Jamarco Jones, the backup left tackle. And the other big missing piece is Quandre Diggs, who played five games for the Seahawks, and uh, the defense took a huge step forward in all of those games, beginning with the Week 10 win against the Niners. In all five games he played in, they they took or they had at least two takeaways. I don't think it's coincidence they didn't have a single one against the Cardinals last week. And so you know, he was such a linchpin for what they were doing, and it really you saw his impact trickle down to all three levels, and um, they're really going to miss him on Sunday against the Niners. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It seems like the 49ers are finally getting healthy at the right time. The Seahawks taking a bunch of hits at the wrong time. Um, but there's one there's one man made a reappearance up in the Pacific Northwest. Marshawn Lynch, huge deal about him coming back to the Seahawks. Um, what can we expect to see from him on Sunday? Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, I think <laughs> it's a complete wild card. I am expecting him to start. Some of my colleagues up here don't expect that to be the case. I think you'll get at least 10 carries because, like, who else are you going to give the ball to? You know, when you have him in the lineup, I think it's one of those things, like, you got him, see what he's got. You know what I mean? I think you kind of have an idea of what you have in Travis Homer and He's just not going to be the dude that's going to be your bell cow. And given the emphasis that this team has on running the football, you know, I think Marshawn Lynch, kind of that mentality of like, you're not as good as you once were, but you're as good as good once as you, you ever were, whatever that line is, right? I mean, I think <laughs> given the stakes in this game and the adrenaline that's going to be pumping, I don't have any doubt that Marshawn's going to be able to get it going. You know, so I would anticipate 10 to 12 carries. Uh, maybe 13 at the most, depending on how the game script goes. And, you know, if you can get 40 to 50 yards and maybe a goal line touchdown out of him, then you're feeling really good about it. You know, I think most Seahawks fans have this kind of thought of whatever you get production-wise is just an added bonus. But this team was in a bad, in, in badly need of an emotional lift, you know, after getting thumped, embarrassed, you know, by, by the Cardinals, a game you should not have lost. Yeah. Uh, um, and then, you know, you all of a sudden Marshawn Lynch comes back and it just kind of, changes the sentiment and it gets everyone feeling good again and positive moving into this big game against the Niners. Yeah, you, you brought up feeling and that's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, we 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 hear all about Pete Carroll and his message and um, he's like an emotional rah-rah guy a lot of times. And yeah, if part of this Lynch signing feels like that, like a mentally, like a, like a head game type thing. A lot of these 49ers didn't play uh, against the Seahawks or the, the, the Marshall Lynch, Russell Wilson, let Seahawks. The only guy left over is Joe Staley and Garrett Selleck and Selleck's not playing. And then, of course, Sherman is now reversed. How much of this do you think is, is a mental play by Pete Carroll and the Seahawks? Um, you know, I think what they do in Pete Carroll's program is, you know, he's got his talking points that he sticks to religiously, and it's worked. I mean, it's, this program has withstood the test of time, as you've seen really every team in this division rise and fall over the last 10 years. And the constant has been the Seahawks have been pretty darn good, mm-hmm. you know. And so... Um, you know, he preaches that every game's a championship game. And, you know, there's, you know, and that at that point you're battling human nature, right? Because, you know, it's easy to get up for games like this and it's harder to get up for games, you know, like the Cardinals game where you just want to get through it and get to the Niners game. And so, you know, the goal of what he is doing in terms of how they approach things and how they talk about things is that, you know, every game, you know, carries the same amount of weight. And that's how you try to get a mindset to where you don't get caught up in the moment of, oh my gosh, this is such a big game. And you start pressing and all of that. And so, um, you know, it works sometimes better than others, but, you know, I, Pete Carroll does. I mean, he's very, very much 
a believer in what he teaches and, you know, practicing what he preaches and, and getting this team to, you know, not look at it as, oh my gosh, this is the Niners for the division. It's no, this is just another game. And yes, it's a big game. and It's a lot of state, but we've prepared for this and we've been working for this moment since we started off season workouts back in April. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so uh, another big question we have is how different are the Seattle Seahawks from when the last time they played the 49ers, you know, Monday night football, it goes almost 70 minutes all the way down to the wire. Seahawks get the field goal at the end to win it. Um, and we've talked about the personnel has changed and we talked about how Pete Carroll's message isn't going to change, but what have the Seahawks learned about themselves in the last, was it seven weeks since the, since they played in Santa Clara? I don't think they've changed one bit. I mean, they're a team that's going to try to ugly the game up a little bit, keep it close into the fourth quarter, and then, you know, try to, to win a one-score game in the fourth quarter. And they're just going to bank on they can execute down the stretch better than you can execute down the stretch. And that's been something that's worked for them this year. They're 10-1 and in one-score games this year. They're just the second team in NFL history to have 10 such wins in one season, which, again, they've been largely lucky at some points. And they've also, they're just a darn good team late in games, and they never give up, right? I mean, you just look back to Week 10 when Russell threw that uh, interception in the end zone in overtime, and you're thinking, game's over. You know, like, they're, you know, the Niners are already close to field goal range. They just need a first down, kick a field goal ball game, right? And, you know, yes, it's lucky that, that Chase McLaughlin missed that field goal as bad as he did, but at the same time, they never lose focus or take themselves out of the moment, um, you know, to the point where, you know, something happens and they miss a field goal, you have to lock back in. It's like they never lose that feeling of we're locked in and things are going to happen. And you're, you're literally never out of it until you're officially out of it. And so um, that just all goes into, again, back to Pete Carroll's program and what he preaches and the, the mental strength of, uh, of this team. Yeah, and this, with this game, the player that's concerning me the most, um, I guess, is it's, going to be one of the wide receivers, and that is Tyler Lockett. Um, he had a little bit of a downstretch after the injury versus the Niners. Where is he at now physically? Is he back to you know being the Tyler Lockett that we're used to, or um, you know is he still kind of banged up or dealing with that leg issue? I mean, he's 100%. So you know we'll find out what it looks like on Sunday. But um, you know he is um, really the key to the Seahawks passing game, and when he's going. The entire offense looks like a juggernaut, you know, at times. And when he's not, you know, it looks completely anemic and, you know, relies so heavily on the running game. And, you know, all of a sudden, Russell Wilson looks human. So, um, you know, you saw it against Carolina. You know, he's a monster first half, and the Seahawks offense is cooking and can't be stopped. And, you know, the second you slow Tyler Lockett down, it kind of feels like you slow everything down, you know. So he is absolutely uh, a player you have to watch, and, and they need him to step up in a big way. Yeah, Tyler Lockett's had a monster year, and, and, and like you said, the last couple of weeks had a, bit, a little bit of backslide. My fantasy football teams know nothing about that. Um, but when you look at the Niners, what what players and what, what position groups worry you the most going against the Seahawks? Um, I think the pass rush for starters. I mean, especially given what Chandler Jones did, really wrecking the Seahawks' offensive game plan by himself. What was it four or five sacks all by himself? I mean, he was yeah. an absolute nightmare. Um, coming off the edge for the Cardinals. He was just fantastic. He was dominant. And it was, you know, it looked a lot like Jadavian Clowney against the Niners. And so mm -hmm. if you can't clean things up with Nick Bosa coming off the edge, you're going to be in for a long day. It doesn't matter how good Russell Wilson is. If he's got guys in his face from the jump, then you're going to have issues. And so I don't know how they, you know, remedy that. And so 
the Niners' defense has struggled against quarterbacks that get on the move, whether it was Kyler Murray twice, even Jared Goff did some of it last week, you know, Russell Wilson in Week 10. Um, I think you do have to work some play action. You've got to get him rolling to his left, rolling to his right. You've got to keep that Niners' defensive line on their heels at least a little bit. Um, you know, otherwise, if they're just able to pin their ears back and get after you, it's going to be a really long night for Russell Wilson and the entire offense. Yeah, the offensive line has been an issue for Seattle this season now with Dwayne Brown hurt and then Hunt at center. Um, he hasn't, from what I've been watching, it wasn't it hasn't been very good for the Seahawks on the offensive line. Um, you know, with with this team, this this game, the Niners game, a lot of folks say, you know, had the Niners had George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders healthy, the, the outcome would have been different. You know, we talked before the game on, on Monday night, and you thought the Niners would win this game. You know, now that Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle are back, uh, and there is no digs this week. What is the where are we? Where's the matchup here of concern for the Seattle defense versus those two guys? Yeah, I think it's I mean comprehensive. I mean, you just saw how poor the Seahawks secondary was until Quandre Diggs got in the lineup, and you saw how poor it was last week against Kyler Murray the second he leaves the lineup, and um, you know that's an issue. And he really was an absolute game changer. It took him just five games with the Seahawks and to be named a Pro Bowl alternate, and he's. Pro Football hmm. Focus's second greatest, def- their second best graded defender on the Seahawks defense, uh, second only to Jadavian Clowney. And so, you know, losing him is absolutely massive, and it changes what they're able to do. Um, it changes the aggression of the defense. Kind of just feels like it turns into this bend but don't break group as opposed to an attacking aggressive group. You know, I think I, I don't know if I told you this guy, you guys this already, but in the five games that Diggs played. They had two takeaways in all of them. And, yeah. again, they didn't have any against the Cardinals. And, again, I don't think that's a coincidence. He is so mm-hmm. to this defense. And so, yeah, you worry about giving up the big play. I mean, George Kittle, the biggest thing, you know he's going to get his. But you just can't let him get in space to where once he gets moving, he is so hard to bring down. And so you've got to keep bodies on him to where he's going to catch eight to ten passes probably, just given how often he's targeted. But as long as you can bring him down and avoid the yards after the catch, that's what makes him – you know, not just a, a great tight end, but the best tight end in football. Yeah, we, we knew George Kittle was going to be really good coming in this year after his breakout year last year, um, which I think would have been the biggest surprise to just about anybody, uh, maybe outside of the building there. Um, but, you know, since you do have the history with the 49ers, what is your who's the biggest surprise for you this year for the 49ers? Is there a particular player, a, a scheme they've drawn up, whatever? It is. What's the biggest surprise for you? Um, I don't know if it's a surprise, but I think for me is it's nice to see guys who – you know, have injury histories and then have gone on and, you know, played well this year. I mean, the 49ers fan base collectively hated Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward so much. And I get it, right? When guys can't stay healthy and you invested first-round picks in them, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough. And right, and, you're, and it's one of those things that you're like, what, you know, what is this coaching staff thinking? Why haven't they moved on from these guys? All of this, right? And so now you get a chance to see, oh, that's why they were patient with these guys and that's why they held on to them you know, because they're capable of being difference makers. And then, you know, especially with Eric Armstead, he's an absolute Pro Bowl snub and, you know, is looking at getting a, a nice little contract next season. And I would say if the, the Niners, you know, don't aren't able to re-sign him, the Seahawks need to look long and hard about bringing him to Seattle <laughs> should he hit the open market because the Seahawks' defensive line is in desperate need of pass rushing help. And Armstead's been fantastic. So, I guess just for me, it's like, especially when you work for the team, you get more of the personal side to it. And so knowing those guys, they're good dudes. You never want to see guys struggle with injuries. Um, and, uh, and you know, all of a sudden now that things are clicking for them and the sentiment has shifted, 
you know, with the fan base. I think that's really neat. So I, I guess just per years, happy for those guys. Maybe less surprised, but but you're just happy it's clicked. Yeah, no, you know, you're absolutely right, and and I'll be the first to admit I was one of the ones that was. You know, me and Javi were both questioning why didn't they make a safety move? Why are they just sticking with Jimmy Ward? And, and clearly the coaching staff and, and the front office knew much better than we did. Who would who would have known? Those guys are paid to do that. Um, uh, but, you know, I know we know you're tight on time. So, you know, last thing we need from you, can we get a prediction for Sunday night? Yeah, I think the Niners win. Um, you know, I just think it's too tall of a task for Seattle. And you, you can't count out Russell Wilson. And you can't count out CenturyLink Field on primetime. The Niners haven't won there since 2011, and who knows what you're going to get out of Marshawn Lynch, and Jadavian Clowney's playing. You So it's it's not like you can just say definitively it's going to be a boat race, but, I mean, you just given that the Niners are getting healthy, you know, you look at the differences in the Niners lineup between Week 10 and now this matchup in Week 17, and George Kittle obviously being the biggest one. It just seems like a too, too steep a hill to climb for the Seahawks. I do think the Niners ultimately win. But also, I do believe that um, the Seahawks are, are going to be in Santa Clara in the divisional round of the playoffs because I think they beat either the Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round. And then we get the rubber match of this three-game series in 2019 between the Seahawks and Niners um, in the divisional round of the playoffs and uh, to, to, uh, to potentially break that 1-1 tie. Yeah, that, that would be the dream. Um, I think any 49er fan of Seahawks have sign up for that. Uh, maybe not the loss on Sunday night for the Seahawks fans, but uh, the divisional playoff matchup. Um, this is going to be a great one. It, it's it's lined up to be another classic. Uh, Joe, we appreciate you coming on with short notice and taking time with us, man. We like we always do. We appreciate everything that you do over there at NBC Sports Northwest. We both tune in and we stick up for you on the Twitterverse. Uh, make sure you're getting your just due out there. Um, <laughs> And you're always welcome in Levi's, regardless of what people say. So you're, you're good there. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I appreciate uh, you, fellas. Thanks, as always, for having me on. Man, it's always a treat chatting with you guys. Not a problem. Thank you. All right. We want to say thank you to Joe Fan once again for coming on with us on short notice after a holiday. Uh, to everybody out there, hope you everyone had a good holiday, um, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you celebrate. Hope you enjoyed it, had a good time with family, good food, some good drinks, and some good laughs with everybody. Um, this is it, Matt. It was inevitable, you know, like Thanos and, and the <laughs> Avengers. and This is the end game. We're in the end game now. Week 17, 49ers travel to Seattle where they have not won since 2011. It's been a long time. Um, a lot of reasons why we haven't won up there. Um, bad teams, some bad losses, some luck not going our way, ball bounces the other way, um, some questionable calls. I'm not going to get on the refs too much there, but there's some questionable shit going on in Seattle. Um, the 49ers are coming in 12-3. and They did have an emotional win versus the Rams. Um, update for those of you who do not know C.J. Beathard um, and the C.J. Beathard's brother who was murdered um, last Friday the suspect was apprehended and is being charged. So, you know, for those folks who are close to C.J. Beathard and his family, hopefully that can bring some closure to them. So we are still keeping our keeping C.J. and his family in our prayers. Uh, he is a 49er for life regardless. And uh, we hope, you know, he has some closure with his family on that. But this game is big. Week 17 for all the marbles, for the division title, for the number one seed. You know, the winner could use the rest. 
going into the playoffs. The bye week would do favors for both teams. The Niners would need D4 to get rested, Julian Taylor and a couple other guys who are banged up to get some rest. And the Seahawks, like you heard with Joe Fan, they got some injuries too. They can also use the, the break. Um, Matt, how are we feeling about this game, man? I'm feeling confident. I don't say that confidently, but I am feeling confident. Um, I, 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 there, there's, there's, there's some players that are playing that weren't playing in Week 10 for the 49ers, and there's some players that aren't playing that were playing in Week 10 for the Seahawks. Uh, yeah. It, it's like the exact opposite. I said it with Joe. Um, you know, the, the 49ers are getting healthy at the right time, and the Seahawks are getting banged up at the wrong time. Um, and, and for once, I mean, it really feels like the 49ers are going to be as close to full strength as you can possibly be in Week 17, right? Um, you yeah. obviously know there's going to go, be guys that go on IR over the course of the year, but when it comes to just their active 53-man roster, like you said, D4, Julian Taylor are probably the only two that are going to miss this game. It's huge. It's a big deal. Uh, you talked about why they haven't won in, in Seattle since 2011. Uh, it was Christmas Eve of 2011 is when they won. Uh, so a little Christmas miracle then, hoping for a little bit of a belated Christmas miracle this week. Uh, more of a New Year's miracle. Um, but yeah, it's the most important game this franchise has played in a very long time. Probably since they yeah. lost the championship game in Seattle. It was the most important game since then. Um, mm-hmm. And man, this this one has, has I don't know, like, I want to say disappointment written all over it, but not, not in a way that... Not in a way that I think the 49ers are going to lose, just in a way that I don't think it's going to play out like Week 10 did. I don't think we're looking at a 70-minute game coming down to a last-second field goal. I think the 49ers are going to win. We'll get into predictions later. I think the 49ers are going to win. I think they're going to win a little bit more handedly than than, than we've seen them win recently because it seems like every game they've played in recently has been trying to knock gears off my life. <laughs> well, the Niners have knocked gears off my life this season. Um, we no one expected them to be here, 12-3. and three. Um, no one expected them to be in a race for the number one seed, um, but here they are. You know they've they've proven all the doubters wrong. Pretenders early in the season. Can Jimmy G beat you? Uh, what about this defense? Can Robert Sala do this? Kyle Shanahan can he do that? Everything has been you know put out there. You are who you are this far into the season. Week seventeen, the Niners are a good team. They're a top five team, and you know this game if they come out on top. Um, could seal the deal there that they are here. They are on the rise for a lot of folks who still continue to doubt them. Brandon Marshall being the most recent on Showtime the other night, still calling the 49ers pretenders even after the win versus the Rams. Come on, Brandon, like relax. Um, (laughs) You know, and it's been, you know, this decade, it's been, it's been rough for the Niners. Um, Granted the three quality years with Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick and the, the three division titles, but the other seven, eight years have been, you know, at the bottom, and they've struggled, and they're back. You know, and this is this is a good way to end out the end out a decade and start a new one. Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully, the Niners can bang this out and get rid of this streak. Last year, they they ended the losing streak to the Seahawks. Just the losing streak itself. Um, yeah. Let's hopefully we, we end the losing streak in Seattle this week. Um, you know, so let's get into it, man. This is this is a serious game. I think most 49ers fans are hyped for this game. Seahawks fans are hyped for this game. There's a lot on the line. There's a lot of emotion going through. Uh, both fan bases. Um, it, you know, the biggest thing for this for this game, to me personally, you know, we have our three keys of the game. I'm gonna start off with our with the 49ers wide receivers. They need to attack this banged up secondary. 
um, in the run game and in the passing game. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to get that ball out, and these wide receivers need to take advantage of the opportunities that are given to them. Shaquille Griffin's dealing with a hamstring issue. He may not be fully healthy, um, but he's still a quality corner, and you need to take advantage of those things when you have the opportunity. And then on the other side, Flowers and Amadi, um, the nickel and the other cornerback, aren't playing that great this season. Um, so, you know, there's opportunities there for Debo, Kendrick Bourne, Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe we even see Dante Pettis play this week. Um, Richie James gets some opportunities. There's some opportunities here to be had versus secondary. Um, and if Griffin goes down, uh, King is the other corner who's also struggled um, with, you know, with pass coverage in his limited snaps. So, you know, there's opportunity here in the pass game. Like you said, the Niners are getting healthy at the right time where the Seahawks are getting a little bit banged up at some key spots. And this is an opportunity for the 49ers offense to, you know, to um, to just, I guess, push these guys around and um, enforce their, you know, what's the word? Enforce their will, however however the saying is. Um, I think this this these 49ers wide receivers have gotten much better and learned a lot from that last time they played the Seahawks. All those drops for Seahawks, hopefully they make up for it this time. Yeah, I think it was nine drops total on Monday night. The last time they met, made up, jeez. Uh, <laughs> last time they met the Seahawks, man. I promise it's a little late on the East Coast. We're we're, we're bending, we're bending the schedule right now. Um. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah. No, the the wide receivers really do need to, you know, impose their will, do their thing. Um. Quandre Diggs, as Joe Fan pointed out so many times, is not going to be playing. He was such a a big key to their defense. So these guys are gonna be left on a little bit of an island, right? They're not gonna have the same kind of quality of safety help they'd had before. I think it's a game where Debo can make a lot of plays. I think we see a good Emmanuel Sanders play or two. Um, you know, recently we've just seen from Emmanuel Sanders where he hasn't strung together a bunch of catches for a lot of yards. He seems to have two, three, four, five catches, but one of them just goes for big yardage, big chunk yardage. And that's exactly what this offense needs, right? And Jimmy Grappolo yeah. able to get the ball down the field and and let let the receivers make a play. But yeah, the nine drops can't can't happen again can't happen again um it seems like the 49ers wide receivers hands have been significantly better since that game so i think that was a little bit of a wake-up call to them but um yeah that's that's something they can't they can't do um my first key to the game it's very simple it's just one player and he didn't play in the last game and that's george kittle look george kittle plays in that first seahawks game the 49ers win if you don't think george kittle is worth three points during any given football game, I don't know what to tell you. You're wrong. You're just wrong. George Kittle, he's going to be able to block in the run game. He's going to be able to make the catches in the pass game. Uh, you know, Joe said it. don't want to let him get in space with, with the ball in his hands and just let him get a full head of steam because he's almost impossible to tackle. Uh, yeah. George Kittle, I think he's been a top target every game since he's been back, I believe. He's been targeted <laughs> the most times by any play, except for maybe the Saints game and Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, that he's targeted the most. They just try and force feed him the ball. Against the Falcons, he had damn near half the receptions. Like, hey, look, they're going to get him the ball. He's going to get his. He just needs to make that play. He needs to step up and, and make those key third-down conversions that they couldn't get in the first game. Um, he needs to help, you know, spur the, uh, spur the run offense that they couldn't get going in the first game. I think... I think we're going to see a heavy dose of George Kittle, and I think we're going to see him go put his stamp up there in Seattle. Yeah, George Kittle's going to be huge, both the run game and, and in pass protection. That was missing um, in the last game, you know, when we had both tackles coming off injury, and they both played. So George being there now, 
um, with pass protection is going to be key. Um, you know, on the other side of the ball for this Niners team is defensive line. They haven't had a sack. They've had three sacks in the last four or five games. That's mm-hmm. not the normal 49ers defense. No. Um, you know, we talked to Coach Rapp, and Coach Rapp is, you know, was hoping for 70 sacks. They're not going to hit it. It was, you know, it, it's going to be tough um, to do that. However, the Seahawks are banged up on their offensive line. This has Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead written all over it for this week. The problem is Russell Wilson is still back there, mm-hmm. so he can run around a little bit. So I think the adjustments that they made against the Rams on the rollout um, is kind of the adjustment you may see this week um, with this 49ers defensive line as well. Not selling out so much to 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 bite on the play action and, and crash on everything, but you know, stay in your lanes, in your contain, and keep Russell inside the pocket. Um, I know Russell can still make the throws from the pocket, but if you're getting pressure like we saw against the Cardinals last week, um, you can disrupt this entire offense for the Seahawks. Um, so the defensive line is my key to victory here. DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, um, you know, Julian Taylor, if he plays, maybe he doesn't play. Um, DJ, I'm sorry, Sheldon Day, those guys need to get after it and, and pin their ears down and get after the quarterback. Um, control the game, control the line of scrimmage, you you should win this game. You know, Hunt, you potty. Jones, the entire left side of that offensive line has struggled. Effetti got destroyed last week. There's opportunity here for this defensive line to get sacks and pressures and hurries and, and force Russ into some bad decisions. Um, you know, granted, Marshawn Lynch is back, so he may be able to help them in the in pass protection. Who knows what to expect from Marshawn Lynch? Um, but what you saw from Travis Homer last week is not going to cut it um, in pass protection when you're trying to help Russell out there. Um so the defensive line needs to get after it this week. This is what you get paid for. This is why you go and draft a Nick Bosa. Now, if D Ford was playing, I'd feel even better about it just because D Ford has that first. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Big step, and he would be able to, I think, handle Effetti pretty well off the right side. Um, and I think the rotation helped him out a lot last week, too. Um, you, talk, you spoke, not you spoke, but they spoke to Nick Bosa after the game. His rotation and his minutes um, and his snap counts. Um, we're down a little bit, so he felt a lot better this week. So that's a good sign. And another thing, you know, DeForest Buckner, you know, he he's he's been on the on these bad Niner teams. He's seen what happens in Seattle. Um, he had enough of it last year versus Seahawks at home, and he put his stamp all over that game, uh, the December sixteenth game last year in in San Francisco when the Niners pulled out the win. Um, he sounded very much the same after the Rams game, speaking about the Seahawks like he did last year. Buckner knows how the importance of this game, and I think Buckner is going to put his stamp on this game this week and, you know, finally, hopefully get this streak over in Seattle. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> real quick, I want to touch on something that, that it was pointed out to me that Marshawn Lynch coming back for the, for the Seahawks. Uh, I believe it was two weeks ago when we were in Santa Clara for the Falcons game. Um Marshawn Lynch was also in Oakland for the Raiders game, and he was handing out tequila shots in the parking lot for the last Oakland Raiders home game, and now he's on an NFL roster. 
Um, say what you want about the man, Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch is a is a national treasure. So I'm actually excited to see him back in the league, even if it is with the Seahawks. Um, I think he can help them with pass protection a little bit. Like you said, uh, Homer couldn't do it. The rotation is going to be key. I think you're absolutely right. You need to have Nick Bosa fresh and ready to go in the third and fourth quarters. Um, I think the, the success the Rams had last week with all the play-action rollouts is actually going to help them this week because uh, now they're prepared for it. Now they've seen it. Uh, with those play-action rollouts, you know, you're looking at the quarterback is going to turn his back on on the defenders for about, what, half a second, maybe a full second. Mm-hmm. If a guy stays home and he can, he can start to get up the field at the quarterback, that can really disrupt, A, the timing of a play, B, force the quarterback to, to step up or try and roll out further. It can just wreak havoc. So I think them having seen it last week is going to be big for the 49ers' success for the defensive line. And then finally, what you're saying about Buckner. I mean, look, Buckner throughout his career has had a lot of success against the Seahawks. Even if the 49ers haven't had success against the Seahawks, Buckner has. Um, you said he put a stamp on the game last year. I, he didn't really do it week 10. I think he's going to have a much bigger game this week. I think he's going to feast on the inside because I think they are really going to try and and help out and give either uh, you know Fetty or or Dwayne or Dwayne Brown's backup. They're really going to try and give him help with Bosa because I I I think they're about to both have their hands full. Um, but speaking of defensive lines in week ten, Jadavion Clowney wrecked. That game. Wrecked it. Absolutely destroyed it. And the thing he had going for him was Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey were both coming off injuries and were both rusty. Uh, Joe Staley has started to show his age a little bit this year. He still played very well at times, um, but other times he's just he hasn't looked great. Um, McGlinchey has stepped up big time since coming back from that injury. Um, the Seahawks game was bad for him, but he's gotten progressively better every week. That's my second key to the game. Do not let Clowney take over the game again. Joe Staley, McGlinchey have to be better. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about it. They have to be better in Week 17 than they were in Week 10. Yeah, I think McGlinchey and Joe have gotten a lot better since that game. Well, Joe ended up not playing a couple games, and Brunskill took over. Well, school took over, and then Brunskill took over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they've both been playing better. And Clowney being banged up. Uh, may help the Niners as well. You know, that's, you know, a core injury could be anything that can act up during the game. You know, you turn yourself the wrong way, you get pancaked, anything can happen. We saw that, well, I've, you know, we, we watch a lot of football. Deshaun Jackson had a core injury and he couldn't play. So mm-hmm. I don't know the severity of the clowning injury, but, you know, that's something to keep an eye on uh, this week, during this week's game. Um, but yeah, Joe Staley and, and McGlinchey. And then having Kittle back. Kittle is one of the best pass blocking tight ends in the league. He's going to yep. be right next to Gl- McGlinch. And uh, and Staley, depending on you know the way the formation lines up, um, and those things like that. Um, but yeah, you know the the tackles, the offensive line in general, just need to keep Jimmy upright. You don't want that crowd getting into it. He gets too super loud. You start you know you start going to silent counts, and then you mess things up. And stupid penalties start adding up. So mm-hmm. the offensive tackles and the offensive line need to pick it up, like you said. Um, the other you know my final key to victory goes right into the guy that they're protect the guy that the offensive line is protecting, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, we've had Alex Smith. He had some success in Seattle. We had Colin Kaepernick. He didn't have any success in Seattle. He only won at home. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, hopefully he can change the trend. You know, he Jimmy shows up in big moments. It doesn't look like the moment's too big for him. I think this is a game 
you know, he's 307 yards away from 4,000. Um, he's, he's had a hell of a season. Last week we saw, you know, there's, there's no fear in this man's eyes. Third and 16 twice. Mm-hmm. There's, this, this team doesn't flinch, and I don't think this team's going to flinch in Seattle. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have himself a day. And I'm not saying he's going to go for 400 yards or anything like that. I think this is going to be a clean game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Clean, consistent, um, and efficient is what I think we're going to see from Jimmy Garoppolo. We've seen a lot of efficiency this year, but the clean part is what's been missing with fumbles and stupid interceptions. A lot of them not being his own fault on the interceptions. But Jimmy Garoppolo has to carry this team, steady the ship when things get a little rocky because we know it's going to happen. There's going to be a swing in this game. And it, you know, it may not. You're gonna have to swing it right back in the favor of the Niners, kind of like what you did against the Rams and what you've done against the Saints and other games throughout the season. So Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna be the biggest key to this victory. You know, he's gonna have to lead this team and get it done, and hopefully lead this team to 13 and three. Yeah, there's no question about that. Jimmy Garoppolo has a lot of weight on his shoulders. Um, like you said, first game in Seattle. So this is a big test for him. This is a big test for any quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, especially since this rivalry between Jim Harbaugh and, and Pete Carroll kind of kicked off, right? We, like, I mean, you, you ran through everybody. Alex Smith had a little bit of success, one game. Kaepernick, no. Everybody else, no. You know, now it's on Jimmy. Jimmy's getting his first crack up there. And, man, I, I you know, I, I hope he got a little bit of the heebie-jeebies out because last, uh, you know, week 10 was the first game he played against Seattle. So I'm hoping he got that all out of his system and and he's able to to learn from that game. I know it's a little tough to say he needs to learn from that game after so many drops were had, but he can learn from that game a little bit and and be ready for it. Um, I, I think that there's enough experience on this team having played in Seattle that they will be ready for it. Staley's going to have the offensive line ready. Um, you know, Sanders has played there a couple times. You're looking... Pettis kind of knows it, so I think he can kind of take maybe a leadership from the sideline sort of thing with the wide receivers and help them because he know, they know we're getting into it. And, and Pettis had a monster game last year, um, but then you look on the defensive side of the ball, Sherman's gonna have everybody ready, right? Sherm knows, of course, he knows, he knows what they're walking into, and, and he's gonna have everybody ready to go, which is actually my three, my third key to the game. It's Sherman, it's Witherspoon, it's Mosley, whoever's gonna be out there against. Seattle's top two wide receivers, which are Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, Lockett has 76 catches for 1,006 yards. Excuse me, 1,006. Metcalf, 52 catches, 819 yards, and they have seven and six yards or 76 yard touchdowns. Excuse me. Oh my goodness, I'm losing my mind tonight. Seven and six touchdowns, respectively. It's a lot of touchdowns for some wide receivers. You look at the 49ers; they're not even getting close to that, right? Kendrick Bourne, I believe, has five. And, yeah. and he's first on the team for the for the wide receivers. So the, the corners are really going to have to step it up. We saw them get roasted last week by the likes of Brandon Cooks and, and Cooper Cup and and Robert Woods, where you guys were posted monster games. Um, they can't allow that to happen. You have to keep you have to keep them in front of you, especially DK Metcalf. Uh, week ten, we saw a huge huge play by Jaquaski Tart, right, where he strips the ball from Metcalf at the at the goal line right before half. Which really, I think, would have put that game away. Seattle scores there. I think it's just that's game over from there. Um, but they really got to lock them down. Uh, just keep them, keep them seventy yards and less. Keep them out of the end zone, and, and I'll feel much, much, much more comfortable if they can do that. Um, I know it's a tall task. I know it's asking them a lot. But again, Sherman, I think he's going to have these guys ready. 
They know they of course they know what they're doing. Um, we've seen every time a corner has had a bad game this year, they've bounced back and played one of their best. So I expect to see that from a Kelly Witherspoon this week. He had his worst performance of the year last week. I expect to see one of the best this week. Yeah, there's you know it's the secondary has had their holes, their issues, but a lot of it is tied to the front four. You know, not getting enough pressure, getting mm-hmm. sacks, forcing the quarterback in some bad situation. This this opportunity lines up fairly well in the Niners' defensive line's favor with the offensive line and then the secondary being able to, you know, play their keys and, you know, play in coverage and, and play well in coverage. You know, if Kwaski Tark comes back, that's going to be huge. Marcel Harris has played better with more snaps. He nearly had a pick, and then he had a very well contested – he had a couple contested catches um, in the Rams game. So he's making progress there. Um, but with a guy like Russell Wilson, you know, he, he's much better than Jared Goff. You know, he's not going to make boneheaded mistakes as often. You know, yes, we've seen Russell have a five interception game and a three or four interception game. You know, those things have happened for Russell, but, um, those are rare occurrences. He doesn't force the ball where it doesn't need to be forced and he makes the right decision most of the time. Um, so the secondary is going to be big. Sherman knows the, Sherman knows the importance of this game. Joe Staley knows the importance of this game. Bobby Wagner knows. Russell Wilson knows. Those guys have been in this matchup. They've they've played these 49ers in, you know, in the last six, seven, eight, nine years. They know what it is. They know what time it is. And the 49ers fans, we know what it is. We know what it is to go into Seattle and lose and get our ass kicked. Time to change. The t- time to change. Times are changing. Kyle Shanahan is here. John Lynch is here. Things have changed. It's a unified team. Um, you know, there's, I'm not a big, um, emotional guy, but there's something about this team from, you know, the unfortunate passing of Jed York's brother to now CJ Bethard's brother. This team is united. It's, it's, it's a family and there's something about that. Um, not to mention the last time the Niners were on Super Bowl was the 75th anniversary of the NFL. And now we're in the hundredth anniversary of the NFL. We got the throwback whites on Sunday. The 49ers taking this game serious. It is very serious. Um, on the 49ers front, granted, you know, f- for what's on the line. Yeah, they're looking at either the first seed and home field advantage all the way through or the fifth seed, and they have to go on the road three times. It's very simple. It's plain. It's black and white. That's what it is. Home field advantage or you're going on the road the whole way through, and there's no in-between yeah. because that's how NFL seeding works. We can get into the offseason on how we're going to fix the NFL, and that's one of the things we have to change. But as it stands right now, First seed or fifth seed. And I'll tell you what, there's some of the teams that you don't want to go visit in the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah. You don't want to end up in You don't want to go to Green Bay. You don't want to end up in Lambeau. You don't want to end up in New Orleans. You don't. Hell, I don't want to end up in Philly. I know. Told you. I I know Philly's a banged up team. (laughs) I know. I know. Oh, man. I know. I know Philly's a banged up team and they've had. They've had their fair share of injuries and issues with the wide receiver position and, and underperforming, and they're going to probably gonna limp into the playoffs at, at you know eight and eight. Don't matter. It don't matter. You don't want to go to Philly. There's a hostile environment. It's a hostile environment. You Very. don't want to go in. Joe Fan saying he's so confident that they're going to walk into Philly or Dallas and just mop the floor with them and move on. I'm not as confident as Joe is for either of these teams. That, that game would yeah. genuinely make me nervous going on the road week one of the playoffs because that's when stupid shit happens. We saw it in Seattle when New Orleans had to go up there and everybody's thinking, all right, New Orleans shouldn't even have to play this game. Let's just move on. Let's just get to the later game. And then all of a sudden, beast mode comes out of nowhere, runs 85 yards, whatever it was, stiff arm 17 defenders. It was nuts. 
I don't yeah, want the 49ers going um, on the road. It's, you know, it, it would be one thing if you lose this game, you know, the fact that you, you know, it's an emotional loss most likely mm-hmm. to Seattle or to Seattle to the Niners. Then you have to go on the road to Philly or Dallas. That's when you start getting, you know, you, you're either banged up, you're not fully healthy, um, and you got to travel from West Coast to East Coast or just from West Coast down here to Central Time. It, it just messes you up, and it's it's a bad way to uh, end your season going on the road. You don't want to play on the road. The Niners have earned Every bit of this home field advantage that they are going to get on Sunday night, they're going to win this game. I'm, I'm confident. It, it, it's hard to sit here and say yeah. that allergies. <laughs> it's hard to sit here and say that any part of this season could be a failure, just because I don't think anyone expected them to be at this point. I don't think anyone really expected 12 and four. Um, I had one guy, Frank, living in my message, living in my DMs, living in my living in my mentions. Frank had tell me 11 and five, 11 and five, 11 and five. And I kept saying, all right, Frank, I hope you're right. I hope you're right, Frank. I, I, I see you. I hear you. And even Frank was wrong. Because the worst they can do is 12-4 and four in a year. So as, much, as confident as Frank was, they're better than that. I, I think anyone would be happy with a 12-4 and four year. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't call it a failure, but it would be deflating as shit if they lose this game and then they go on week one of the playoffs, wild card, go on the road and lose there. That would feel like a failure of a season to me. Yeah. Just because of what we've seen from this team, uh, but enough talk about the playoffs. They got to win this one first, right? They got to win yeah. Week 17. They got to go into Seattle and, talk, and 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 walk the walk. So Javi, hit me. What do you got? Who wins? Um, the Niners are winning this game. There's there's no doubt in my mind the Niners are winning this game. You know, I could be wrong, but there's no doubt in my mind the Niners <laughs> are winning this game. The streak is over. 2011. Last victory, it's over. The streak is done. It's done. We were a missed field goal away from beating them two straight times back to back at home in in Santa Clara. Now to go back up to Seattle for an important game. This franchise knows knows how important this game is. John Lynch knows. Kyle Shanahan knows. Sherman Staley, the guys I keep mentioning, and these younger guys aren't going to be you know wooed by the Marshawn Lynch factor or the 12s, you know, Deion Sanders has been calling out the 12s lately because they've lost three home games and, you know, they haven't been close home game losses either. They've been getting their ass kicked. Um, and this is another opportunity for the Niners to, to cement, you know, their, their stamp on this season as one of the best teams in the league. Um, I'm going to keep it close because I have enough respect for Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, and, you know, guys like Jadavian Clowney and Tyler Lockett, those guys, Seem like really good people and also excellent football players. So I'm taking the Niners 26-20. It's another thriller. It's another game that's going to keep you on the edge of your seat or like me, pacing up and down your living room. Mm-hmm. Um, 26-20, Niners come out on top. They get the bye week. D Ford is back for the divisional round, and we are on to playoffs, baby. 13-3, and way to finish the season, just like the 94 year. All white throwback jerseys on Sunday. I'm ready for this game. I'm hyped. I know we talked a lot about, you know, the the what ifs, but I think this this is it. It's over. The streak is done. New decade, 2020. Niners are going to go into Seattle and win 26-20. Hey, look good, play good, right? This team right. loves those white throwback uniforms. They love them. They love them, they love them, they love them. I think they win too. I think 49ers win. Uh, I just think that week 10 for the Seahawks to win. They needed nine drop passes. They needed a missed field goal in overtime. They needed a, a defensive touchdown. They needed the 49ers to come out and play one of their worst games of the year to win. 
And look, it's a division game on the road. That's generally what you're kind of you know, the kind of stuff you're going to need to win. Division games on the road against good opponents. I'm just saying. Yeah. I think Week Ten was a perfect storm. They need George Kittle out. They need Emmanuel Sanders out. I think that it was a perfect storm of of bad for the 49ers in Week Ten. I don't think they get that same perfect storm. I don't see it. I don't see the 49ers coming up and playing playing bad and 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 turning the ball over recklessly and and missing field goals when they when they absolutely count because we've seen Robbie Gold come back and make the field goals that count. Game winner against the Saints, game winner against the Rams. He's finally got whatever this kicking juju out of his head. He's doing a really good job. I I, I don't see I don't see the, the 49ers laying another egg. Basically where I'm going with this. I don't yeah. see them laying another egg. So I have the 49ers winning. Um, very similar to you. I had them at 27-20, uh, but that's really close to you. So I'm going to make it a 10-point game. I'm going to say 27-17. I, I think Russell Wilson struggles against the pass rush. I think the Seattle offensive line doesn't contain them. I think the defensive line gets rolling again. They start to rack up some sacks. Uh, look, Chandler Jones, who actually should be the defensive player of the year, but probably won't be because he plays in Arizona. Yeah. They had four sacks last week against a quarterback that I don't want to say is, is impossible to sack, but he's more difficult to sack than other quarterbacks. Because if you put someone like, oh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a who's a really stationary. You took Joe Flacco. Yeah. And you made him you made him the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. He's getting sacked 90 times a year. Easy. Russell Wilson does some he 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 voodoo magic coats himself in olive oil as you like to say <laughs> he does all this stuff to make sure that he doesn't get sacked and Chandler Jones got him four times last week. There's no one else on that Cardinals defensive line that scares me. Yeah, no one really. And then you look at the 49ers; they're trotting out Bosa, Armstead, Buckner, three guys that are legitimate legitimate players. I think they get to him uh, 27-17. 49ers win it. They go in. They get a bye week. They're 13-3. and three. We try and bring a particular NFL analyst to come on and talk to us about how they finished with the opposite record. I think we can pull it off. I think we get 10 minutes with them. I I, I just think they win. I, I don't foresee them losing. It's their sixth primetime game of the year. Yeah. Sixth primetime game of the year. Look, when, when they break the schedule, just so you all know, when they write the schedule, the most any team is allowed to get from week one when they schedule it is five. Yeah. They have deemed the 49ers good enough to play more than the maximum amount of primetime games. That is that is a very good thing. I think that shows where this team is trending. You're right. Best way to end a decade. Let's go. Let's go watch them get a division win, first round bye, home field advantage, all the way through, get Levi's a playoff game. Yeah, you know, and look, we said in the offseason that to win the division, you need to go four and two or five and one. Mm-hmm. To win the division right now, you got to be five and one. Yep. You have to win this game. Um, the Seahawks have lost. They lost their game to the Cardinals. And I, did they, they didn't lose once. They lost, They swept the Rams. No, they lost the Rams. So they're, you know, they have two losses in the division. Um, and the Niners have the one, and it's just the Seattle. So. You know, if the Niners can just go five and one in the division, they win the division thirteen and three. You know, swing. You know, it's it's time to change things around a little bit. You know, the 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 consistent team this decade. You know, outside of the three years for the Niners, has been the Seattle Seahawks. 
most of the decade, and they, they've done so because they drafted well, they coached well, they didn't fire people left and right. They've done things right, and the Niners are reestablishing themselves as, a, as an elite franchise. They've gotten the right draft picks. They've gotten the right free agents. They, they've, they've overcome the injuries this year. They've played through a lot of adversity with you know deaths in, in, in the front office and, and T.J. Beathard most recently. Um, they've overcome a whole bunch of shit, and they're here. And, you know, the, the another thing that's prepared them for this game is, you know, we all we heard was the Niners struggle against running quarterbacks. Well, they played Russell Wilson. That was Russell Wilson's worst performance. They played Lamar Jackson. That was Lamar Jackson's worst performance. They played Kyler Murray twice. Um, Kyler Murray had his worst performance in the first half outside of that 80-yard touchdown bomb that he threw to um, the little small kid from uh, UMass. And then the second game, Kyler Murray struggled in the second half again. So the Niners have been preparing for a matchup with a quarterback like Russell Wilson throughout these games that they've played. So that's another factor in this game. They're prepared. They've seen this before. They've seen it twice. Kyle Shanahan was on KMBR again. He said he likes playing a team a second time. You see how a team is trying to attack you and what they thought was successful against you the first time, and you can plan against it the second time. So this is something where Kyle Shanahan is in the lab, getting disrespectful, being his wizard hands, doing what he's doing right now to get ready for this game. Um... Yeah, I'm tired of losing Seattle. Like, I, I, I fucking hate <laughs> Seattle more than I hate the Cowboys, and I live in Texas. You know, granted, you know, I was younger when the Cowboys and Niners were having their rivalry, so I really, I mean, I understood it, but I didn't totally get it. But now I understand it. You know, the Packers were my, the team that I really hated, mm-hmm. Seattle is the team I hate now. I respect Russell Wilson. I think he's a great quarterback. But the rest of them, Pete Carroll, I hope you choke on gum, but don't die or anything. Just choke on it and spit it back up because you're, you're so fucking annoying. <laughs> annoying with so, your rah-rah so, bullshit. So you just wish a minor inconvenience upon Pete Carroll. Correct. I hope you fucking <laughs> fall in your Nike 7s or your, what, are their, what are the Mall Walker 7s that you wear on the sideline. Like, I don't hope anything negative happens to you badly. Like, I hope you stub your toe when you wake up in the morning or just make you make you have a bad day. Like, like Pete Carroll, like, you're... I don't know, man. I hate USC. I don't like fucking Pete Carroll. I don't like the Seahawks. I used to live in Seattle. Your fucking fan base is bullshit. It's bogus. I used to get free tickets. The 12s can suck a dick. All of them. All of them. You all right, buddy? No, no. I'm tired of the fucking Seahawks, bro. I'm <laughs> sick and tired of the Seahawks. This is for all the 49 fans who tune into the 4th and Gold podcast. This one's for you. This is my rant. I fucking hate the Seahawks. There's a lot of <laughs> F-bombs going on right now. But I cannot stand them. The fan base is fraudulent from day one. I lived up there between 2005 and 2010. That stadium was empty. Empty. I don't want to hear shit about Levi's. Guess what? The Niners played bad football. Between 2005 and 2010, uh, I want to say the Seahawks had played maybe three years of bad football, and the stadium was empty. That's how I got free tickets. Place sucks. <laughs> I'm done. All right. I think. I think. <laughs> I, don't even know where, I don't even know where to take this now. Oh, man. Just take it. Hey, look, look, I, look I, I, you, know, you know what? Because I'm looking at my Frank Gore jersey. I'm in my I'm in my office here. I got Patrick Willis to the left of me, Navarro Bowman to the right. I got a Colin, Colin Kaepernick photo here, Michael Crabtree. You, you know, this this is for them. You know, Bowman tears his ACL up there. Get some get some get back now. I'm not saying injure those guys. I'm saying get this fucking win for the guys who came before you. You're the fucking 49ers. You have five Super Bowl titles. 
You're one of the greatest franchises of all time. You should not have a losing streak like this against a team like the Seattle Seahawks. They played at the fucking kingdom. The kingdom was a piece of shit. Like, stop. <laughs> Streak's over. Streak is over. Now I'm done. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hit him where it counts. Hit him where it counts, right? The win-loss column. Mm-hmm. Hit him where it counts. Force them to go on the road. Force them to go to Philly or Dallas or wherever they got to go. Yeah, I don't have anything yet. I mean, hey, listen, this has been the Fourth and Gold podcast. You can find us on any podcast platform: Stitcher, Google, Apple. I see. I don't know how to do this outro, man. This is all you. No, usually. you're good. Look, look, look. Me and Matt, we love the 49ers, man. We're passionate. This goes. This is for everybody that we hung out with at Levi Stadium the other day. We love this team, thick and thin. We've been through. We've been through it with them, thick and thin. And uh, you know they're they're on the cusp of something special this year, and mm-hmm. I want them to finish it out. And um, the start, it starts right now. It starts Sunday night. Get it done. Go on this run. You know, we're proud of you regardless as, as 49ers fans. But get it done. Get this game. Get this game. This one means a lot for the fans who deal, you know, who defend you guys week in, week out on Twitter, Facebook, wherever the hell you guys, wherever you defend them in the bar, the barbershop, whatever you're doing. This is for the fans too. You know, we're, we're invested. I say we a lot because I'm invested. I buy jerseys. I buy game tickets. I buy Sunday ticket. I buy NFL game pass. I buy... You name it. This is for the fans, too. So if any Niner players are listening to this, this is, you know, we love you guys, and we, we support you thick and thin. We cheer our ass off. We go pay for those $11 beers at the stadium, and we get busy. But, yeah, like Matt said, this is the 4th and Go podcast. I'm Javi. <laughs> that is Matt. Cast the podcast on all podcast platforms, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple, iTunes, wherever podcasts are found. We appreciate everyone buying a Disrespectful Kyle t-shirt. Those t-shirts are yes. ordered. Okay, I have five left. By the time you hear this podcast, I may not have any left. If you want one, hit my DM. I have four, one large and four XLs left. Um, 25 bucks, hit my Venmo or hit Matt's Venmo, and we'll take care of you and get that shipped out to you. Um, to everybody out there, I hope you guys had a good Christmas. Follow me on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. Follow my guy Matt. At Matt Bar underscore. Make sure you follow Joe Fan at Joe underscore Fan. With two ends. Of course. Uh, we did not give him a chance to do an outro because he was very crunched for time and we very much appreciate yep. him squeezing us in in between articles that he had to write. He kind of sent us a message like, hey guys, I got 15 minutes. I'm like, all right, sweet, go, let's go, set up. So, Joe, yeah, thank you very much for joining oh. us. Yeah. And, and last bit, if you got some shit to say about Javier on Twitter, at me next time that we get the right one because I don't talk crazy shit to other people's fans. That's all I'm saying. But uh, until and then and then then you go off, (laughs) you go go bananas. Yeah, but that's not. I'm not threatening anybody or or saying (laughs) you know crazy shit. But uh, um, again, at the podcast at Fourth and Go Podcast on Twitter, (laughs) follow us everywhere you find your podcast. Wherever you wherever you're listening to, hit subscribe, rate, review, hit us up on Twitter. We're always here. Um, Until then, go Niners. Fuck the Seahawks. Peace. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. 
the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.